0: Welcome back to the While We're Waiting, Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. We're so grateful for you, our listeners, who come back every week and listen to what we have to share. It's hard to believe this is already our 30th episode. A couple weeks ago, I had the great blessing to visit with Lee and Heather Fox about their son, Trevor, and I'd like to share their story with you today. If you visited our website recently, you may even recognize them from the promo video on our homepage. Their son, Trevor, was a remarkable and gifted young man who knew Jesus, but battled drug addiction, which ultimately took his life. I believe you'll be incredibly blessed by their testimony, and I'm so pleased to share our conversation with you today. All right. Hi, Lee and Heather. We're so glad to have you guys joining us tonight. Hi.
1: It's great to be here. Hello.
0: (laughs) Good. You're there in warm, sunny Florida, huh?
2: Yes. A little cold.
0: (laughs) Yeah, a little bit chilly. All right. Well, let's just get started by giving you guys an opportunity to tell us a little bit about yourselves. We've already said you're from Florida. Tell us a little bit more about where you're from and what you do there.
2: Okay. Um... Well, we are in Bellevue, Florida, and uh, I have two jobs. I'm a, uh, an instructional coach at a public middle school, and so what that means is I teach teachers how to get better at the teaching craft. And then my uh, day jo- or my, <laughs> my night job is uh, being a pastor of a church of a Calvary Chapel here in Bellevue. All
0: right. What about you, Heather?
1: I manage a consignment furniture store in a nearby town and uh, we work a lot with the retired population so it is booming down here in Florida so it um, keeps me pretty busy. I've been there for almost 10 years and, and of course we're, we're also parents to our lovely children. So that keeps us pretty busy. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Very good. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your kids in a minute. So how did the two of y'all meet? Tell me a little bit about maybe uh, (laughs) how how it all began for you guys.
1: Well, it all began um, back in 1990. Uh, We met in college at University of Northern Colorado. And um, I signed up for a backpacking and hiking class, uh, and he was in it. And that's where we met, and it will be uh, 28 years here this coming February. So that's how we met.
0: All right, very good. Yeah,
2: Yeah. go ahead. Mm. Uh, Heather Heather is from Chicago, and I'm from upstate New York. So, and then we met out in Colorado.
0: And now you live in Florida.
2: God worked it out. And now we're in Florida. Florida. So we're. (laughs)
0: Yeah,
2: you need a map with like pens
0: and stuff. Yeah, (laughs) exactly, just to keep track of you guys. How long have you been Uh, in Florida?
1: Long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since the late 90s, I think, we moved to Florida.
0: All right. So you're, you're settled in now, sounds like. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. That's yes,
0: good. it's home. Good. You mentioned that you have kids. Tell us a little bit about your kids.
2: Well, uh, our oldest son, Trevor, who passed away two years ago, uh, he uh, was 25 when he passed away. And then... Uh, Our oldest daughter is Hannah, who is now 25, and uh, our youngest daughter is Phoebe, and she is 19, and uh, so we took a little break, and then God blessed us with another child, so, (laughs) yeah, so they're just uh, wonderful kids. Uh, Our oldest daughter is at FSU, and she's studying social work, uh, and she's finishing up her master's degree. She'll be done in uh, a few months. And our youngest is at USF, and uh, she's studying history.
0: All right, very good. Tell us a little bit more about Trevor in particular. Um, just tell us the things he enjoyed. A little bit about his personality. Just help us to get to know him a little bit.
2: Trevor uh, has always been just a—he was a wonderful kid. He was very artistic. And went through, you know, like a lot of us, he, he went through his phases. And uh, as we were thinking about this, one of his uh, best phases was uh, he, he really got into the Scottish thing. And in fact, he actually learned how to play bagpipes. And uh, he would go around with a, you know, he'd, he'd wear his uh, flannel shirt as if it were a kilt. <laughs> And then he would have a, a cape on that he would usually, that would be like a blanket or something sure. and carry around his stick. And, you know, he just was so into that for a while. it was just so cute. But he was just a very uh, people person, um, very intelligent, gifted with language. Music. Uh, he loved music, yeah. And uh, one of the stories that I was thinking of is uh, um, you had to keep an eye on him. Uh, we were at the beach one night. Uh, we would just go over to the beach and, you know, grab a, a dinner and you could just go over there. And uh, we're looking around and we're like kind of like Jesus in the temple. It was like, Where, where's Trevor? Where'd he go? And we, we found him. He was over talking to a guy that was, uh, you know, using one of those devices to to try to find hidden treasure under the sand, you know, and he was just talking to the guy.
1: Way down the beach. <laughs> Way down the beach.
0: Well, yeah, he might so, have. He might have found a treasure down there with that guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. we and we called him Trevor and his treasures. He oh, had those. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: But
2: I, I would say music was his his main passion. He was, yes. uh, you know, he played the bagpipes. He uh, played uh, guitar, bass, drums. He could play piano a little bit.
0: Yeah. He mm-hmm. just
2: loved music. Yeah. Wow. And so we have some recordings that he's done, and uh, those are a treasure. Yeah. yeah.
0: Did he sing as well, or just play instruments? Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like a multi-talented kind of guy.
2: He was. Yeah. He was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He Is. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, so what happened with Trevor?
1: Well, when um, to back up a little bit. Um, Our family, we were missionaries to Russia uh, from 2003 to 2007. So when we came back from Russia, um, he was 13. And so acclimating back to America was a little different, a little bit of a challenge. And uh, he struggled a lot in school and, and, um, and just fitting in. But I would say then a few years after that, um, we, we started noticing kind of a difference. And, of course, like Lee said, he was musical, you know, and we, we always love to encourage our kids with whatever they're into. And so he was into music. And so, you know, we had a garage band. We had, uh, you know, we had all that going on in our, um, in our lives, and we loved it. But um, we didn't know that he was starting to get into music. Um, some drugs, some drug use, starting with marijuana and then kind of escalated into other things and um, ended up dropping out of school. Um, He went to various rehabs um, over the years. Um, He did go to jail uh, a couple times. Um, We played the tough love. We played the lots of love. We did, you know, we did everything. We read every book. We um, tried every everything. Um, but he even went to teen challenge a couple of times and ran away. So, um, anyway, that was probably a period of 10 years that, um, we walked through the addiction with him. And, um, it was really hard. It was really hard. Um, raising a family. My husband was assistant pastor and teaching and, you know, just trying to keep your life, uh, going um so uh he went to jail uh this last time got out of jail and he was pretty doing pretty well for for about eight or nine months and then he started getting into heroin and uh, we didn't realize it we didn't know it at the time we didn't see him all the time and um he it just spiraled, just spiraled out of control, and uh, he finally reached out to us after a period of being homeless. And nobody wants to know that your child's homeless, and and uh, but anyway, he that was a whole nother story. But anyway, he called us after being homeless for a summer, and uh, he said, I, I need help. And we said, Okay, um, you're gonna have to do it, you're going to have to make the steps, you're gonna have to make the calls. He says, "Okay, I'm ready." And so he did, and he was actually still on our insurance for like another six or seven months. You know, he was almost 25. I said, "You you can still you can still use the insurance." You know, so he anyway he he's very resourceful and he figured it out. He said, "There's a there's a place in New Jersey, and they'll take me today." And I said, "Okay, all right." So I drove down to where he was um, with a suitcase. We packed up all his stuff, and he literally flew out that afternoon to New Jersey, to a, a rehab center there. Um, we thought it was a good idea because it was out of here. It mm-hmm. was away from Florida. It was away from you know people, places, and things. knew nobody in New Jersey. Um, was a you know accredited program. Really, you know, high top you know top facility and and he did get better he did he did work the plan he actually stayed longer because they knew he wasn't ready so after i think it was 40 days which is never enough it's never enough time ever i mean it's Mm -hmm. a lifetime it's a lifetime of commitment to sobriety um he got out and we actually have a friend up there took him in gave him a job and he had a place to stay but within two weeks um we got the call that no parent ever wants to get. And I uh, actually had the knock at the door, and it was the police. And they had said that they had found him uh, unresponsive in his bed, and he had overdosed on heroin. Um, at that point, the police were also coming to my husband's uh, school to tell him the same thing. And um, that's, that is the story up to the point where we found out about um, him overdosing. And um, that's when our life uh, changed <laughs> dramatically.
0: Yeah. So they came to your school, Lee?
2: Yeah. Yeah, they uh, they came to my door. I thought I was getting arrested.
0: Oh, no. Well, yeah, you um, would wonder, was, why. wonder
2: why. Yeah, I was teaching my class, um, and the principal was there and the SRO and then somebody else. And they didn't have any flowers, so I knew it wasn't Teacher of the Year. Um, <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know what's going right. on. And then they they told me out in the hall, and uh, it just it uh, it was something that like you always you know you're going through this for ten years, mm-hmm. and it was a it was a possibility, mm-hmm. but it was just. I don't know how to describe it. the word that's coming to my mind is staggering. It's just, you know, you're just in disbelief. You're like, this can't be because as we, you know, we would talk to him on the phone when he was in uh the facility and uh it wasn't like we had our old Trevor back. <laughs> we had this new Trevor. Yeah. And he was he was doing so well.
0: Yeah.
2: And you know, we just had these visions of him being able to take a victory lap, you know, Mm -hmm. because he had struggled for so long, you know, Mm -hmm. and just like he deserved it. He like, and, uh, you know, so Mm -hmm. that was hard. And then trying to, you know, go back into the school thing Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, because I took some time off, but it was like I I needed to get back there, but then seeing children every day, you know, was actually Mm – healing but it was also hurtful i don't know how to to frame that but it was it, it was uh they, the kids were so good mm. you know there was so many times where i'd be in the middle of teaching and i just have to go back into my office and, and weep yeah and a couple of them would come back to you, okay? Are you okay so yeah so yeah. They, were, they were a blessing it was just uh it's just hard because you're seeing these kids and it's just always the reminder that yeah. i'm missing one of my children and and these guys are,
0: uh, you know... Yeah. yeah. When our daughter went to heaven, you know, she was 17 and still in high school, and my husband was her high school principal. So mm. he had to go back yeah. into her school and see her empty locker and her, you know, the empty chairs mm. in, in her classroom. And so I'm sure that he could really relate to what you're talking about there, Lee. It's just yeah. hard. Mm. So hard. Yeah. So, mm. so do you feel that um, as a parent who has lost a child to addiction, do you feel like there are issues that you guys have to deal with that um, maybe other parents don't?
1: I think probably a lot of parents feel this same feeling, the sense of of not doing enough, um, failure. Um, You know, there was years of of, um, trying to, find the magic button, you know, what was going to work. And um, that was my my feeling at first, but the Lord really showed me that that wasn't true,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that we all, you know, have to take responsibility for our actions and, and the things that we do. And um, I, I, I know in my heart that there's... And I've told my daughters this. I said I now know that there is absolutely nothing that they could do to make me not love them. Right. To have gone through what we went through with Trevor—the heartache, the homelessness, the stealing, the drugs, the lying—all of that—I um, couldn't separate my love for him. I didn't love what he did, but I. And so that was a a feeling that I didn't know I had. Um. So, anyway, that I don't know if it complicated it, but um, it definitely that came up, and Lee was saying too.
2: Well, there's a you know pride, you know, as a pastor, you know your your heart is that your son would follow after you. Uh, we didn't come to the Lord until I was 25, and we were married. We were we've always been for the most part always been equally yoked we were equally yoked as unbelievers and then i got saved and then three months later after seeing the transformation in me heather got saved and so uh we just we've we've been like jesus followers we're like it's like very real for us we're not looking to just go to go to church and uh you know get a ribbon for attending the most it's like it's real for us because we've been, you know, we've really been changed. Mm-hmm. And, and our kids saw that. And Trevor kind of experienced that. He was uh, probably, what, four? Or mm-hmm. About four when we got saved. And, you know, you just want him to follow after you. Yeah, And, and you know, he had a relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. He definitely did. Mm-hmm. Um, but there can be a pride, you know, thing where you're, not, what did your, you know, what's your child up to? Well, he's in jail, Mm. so I'm a bad dad. You know, the enemy comes in and he just wants to lie to you.
1: But I found that when we stepped out and spoke the truth and said, yeah, our son's in jail, you know, like everybody sent their Christmas cards and, well, Trevor won't be in this picture this year. You Mm. know, it made um, our story real, and I think people were able to open up to us because they knew that we had... We were going through stuff that was very real.
2: Another thing that uh, we thought about um, was guilt, um, because when you're dealing with this for for so long, there's actually this release of this burden, you know, because. There is sleepless nights. There is nights where you're, like, worried about where he is or what he might do um, because mm-hmm. he was, you know, he was never, I mean, he disobeyed our rules, but he was never, like, uh, vicious to us mm-hmm. or he always wanted to protect us in a way from himself. But, you know, sometimes at night you'd see a car coming, you're like, oh, no, what is this? What's going on? You know, yeah. who who is he bringing to our house or... And so there's that release, mm-hmm. and it, you feel good. They're like, "Oh, good! Now I don't have to deal with this." And, and then you start feeling guilty for that, and it's mm-hmm. that—that's been a interesting mm-hmm. uh, thing to to process.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I think that's a normal human reaction too. At the mm-hmm. same time,
2: yeah, you know, yeah. the Lord's brought it full circle because he's really showed us how good he is Mm -hmm. because if trevor because he made one last mistake you know he he was clean signed papers that said if you use again you probably will die wow and he used one more time Mm -hmm. he made one mistake and uh you know yeah
0: So tell me a little bit about, you know, you mentioned you have two daughters, and this was their older brother. How did they deal with with all of this?
1: Um, Hannah is our, she's the middle child. Now she's the oldest. But she's always been like the oldest child. She's very responsible, and she always took care of her brother. And uh, they had a very close relationship, very close. Um. It propelled her to want to go back to school and pursue her uh, master's of social sure. work, which she's almost done with. So um, she really felt that very strongly, that there needed to be a voice. And I don't know if she's going to work with addiction, but she um, who knows where she's going to end up. But that's, that has turned. And she's also done two different campaigns. Every year she puts together a campaign And uh, the first one was called For the One, and it's um, to raise awareness about um, overdose and to be the one, be the one person that will reach into somebody's life and maybe make a difference, to not be afraid to, you know, you're that one person that, you know, Trevor would often have just one person in his life just basically holding him by a thread, you know. Um, So she really put that into activism and, you know, Something positive. She helped to raise some money for some scholarships for other kids, and so we're proud of her for that. Um, She's processing it as she goes. You know, she has her good days or bad days, and she's she's aware of it. I'm, you know, I I look to her for a lot of strength. And um, and Phoebe, Phoebe was um, a junior in high school. And when the police came to Lee's classroom, they also came to Phoebe's classroom. She was at the same school. And she didn't react very well to that. It was very embarrassing mm-hmm. for her. Yeah. Um, she didn't like the fact that people were trying to console her or in the hallway say, I'm so sorry about your brother. She would say, they can't say that. They don't know me. Yeah how can they say that? You know, and she, she just would get very upset. (laughs) Um, it took her, she wanted to go right back to school. She wanted to finish, you know, I have stuff to do. And she pushed it and pushed it and pushed it. I think she pushed it away for about a year and she had a few breakthroughs and she's still, she's still processing it. Um, super smart kid and, um, compassionate, um, She had a lot of anger towards Trevor because Hannah was out of the house when a lot of the stuff was really happening bad with him. So she saw a lot more than Hannah saw. She had to deal with us Yeah. (laughs) And him Uh in the house and um not feeling safe and so she had a lot of anger towards him, which she eventually told us more about and so she's processing it and she doesn't wanna be angry at someone who's died, you know. So um, she's gone to some counseling and uh, I think she's doing a lot better, but, um, yeah, Good. it's hard for the siblings. They, uh, you know, people would come up to us and say, Oh, I'm so sorry, your son. And, you know, and, and really minister to us and nobody's, or they're saying, Oh, how are your parents? Yes. And they say, what about me? Mm-hmm. You know, I lost my brother. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, our younger daughter went through the same kinds of things, and she's going to be a guest on the podcast soon. So we'll be talking specifically about sibling issues with her, and I think we're both looking forward to that visit. But another question I was going to ask you is, when Hannah turned 25, was that hard for you?
2: I didn't really think about it until now. (laughs) Well, sorry. It's it's an odd thing
0: when your middle child or your youngest child becomes that yeah, age becomes I think she
1: child. I think it hit her yes. I think it hit her mm-hmm. I just can't believe my kids are this old <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Oh. Uh, Hannah's
0: next birthday she would be 30 and that's really hard wow. for me to imagine you know she left us at 17 so to try to imagine her as a woman of 30 is is yeah just very difficult so. but yeah. um all right. Is uh, are there any particular scriptures that have been just especially helpful to you um, after Trevor's passing?
2: One of my students, who is also a part of our church now, um, she sent me the scripture uh, Psalm thirty four eighteen, and uh, God is near to the brokenhearted, and we had that up. on We have a little board where you can put the little letters, a pegboard kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that was up on there for about...
1: A year. A year, <laughs> yeah.
2: and uh, And it just ministered to sure. us so much.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, because sometimes there were times where, you know, I didn't feel like the Lord was near. And it was hard to pray and it was hard to read the Word but just that truth that he is near, mm-hmm. whether I feel him or not. And, you know, you learn that the, the Lord, when he said, I will never leave you or forsake you, you know, Jesus felt that. He was forsaken. He He said, my God, my God, where where are you? Yeah. So that for that brief moment in time, Jesus yeah. suffered in a way that... We as Christians will never feel that because he's he'll never leave us or forsake mm-hmm. us, and um, sometimes you just had to believe that by faith. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, what about you, Heather? Is there a, a scripture that's meant a lot to you?
1: Um, that that one really really st- stuck, like Lee was saying, because you have this foggy thinking you you can't operate (laughs) like you're used to and just to know that he he was near that was just a promise that that we just clung to and um um trevor wrote a song uh we had never heard the song before and um we found it on a piece of paper that was written, in it was a bunch of his papers that we were sorting through all his paperwork, and it was almost like this piece of paper floated to the top, and Lee grabbed it and said, "What is this?" And have you heard this? And I said, "No." And he says, "Well, it's called." Did he did he title it, or did mm-hmm. we title it?
2: Yeah, he titled it.
1: He titled it. Mm-hmm. Your promises stay the same. Mm-hmm. And so we've really clung to that. And the, the song, um, it ha- Lee went into his office and within an hour had, had the bridge and the, the the chorus and everything. It was all done. We don't know if that's how Trevor had envisioned his song to be. But <laughs> this song has now become a song we sing in church. Um, and it's something I think back on all the time um, it says, "You alone," and this is from um,
2: Psalm
1: twelve. Psalm twelve, um, you alone make me dwell in safety forever. You've given me peace through affliction and conviction. Your promises stay the same, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a beautiful song. And it gave me such hope that I am going to see him again. Yeah. Um, he had, he had the Lord, and he had, he had a lot of. Messed up things in that head, too, but he knew the Lord, and, um, so we cling to that. I cling to that verse a lot. Lord, he's, he is in safety with you. He is safe from all the terrible things that he was experiencing, the things that he had experienced, which we haven't really talked about, but, um, there was a lot of trauma that we didn't know about, that we found out after he passed Mm -hmm. away, which may have driven a lot of the addiction, um. So, um, those are just beautiful verses. You know, God's promises, they stay the same. That is so true.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that it was really uh, merciful Mm. of the Lord. Because if Trevor survived that, going back after he had just been uh, sober or clean for four months... You know, the guilt and the shame and that whole cycle would have started all over again. Yeah. And uh, the Lord just said,
0: "It's time to yeah. come home." Trey. It's as, almost as it's time to come home. yeah. It's almost as if the Lord just rescued him and just brought him home. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. He is our rescue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just had another amazing day. <laughs> yes,
1: we like to say that a uh-huh. lot.
2: <laughs> guilt free. Yeah. All of it's got, uh, you know, just, he's with Jesus. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And we're kind of jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you stinker, you got to go see Jesus exactly.
0: first. Exactly. Yeah. He's having just another amazing day. Every day.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Every day. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I like that. I like that. So, it's been a little over two years since Trevor went to heaven. And really, that's not very long at all <laughs> in the child lost world. Um, but if you were going to um, give some advice to someone that had just recently lost their child, what what advice might you give them?
1: Well, I would give them the advice to seek help,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to find a support group, to find a while we're waiting group, primarily. Yes, uh-huh. <laughs> but if there, is, there isn't any in your area, um, we did go to... Um, a local um, grief support group for parents who have lost children. And it was very helpful. Mm -hmm. It was very, very helpful um, to help us understand uh, the brain fog, the, the, all the things we were experiencing, they would just shake their head and say, this is normal. This is a normal reaction to something like this. And you just look at them going, okay, okay, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Um, so that I would give people that and and find um you know a good church if you don't have a church, you know get get to a church that so they can love on you. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say enough about our church. They came around us like you wouldn't believe it was, and it's not an easy thing to. To minister to somebody who's lost a child, it's very uncomfortable for them. I understand, <laughs> and uh, but they showed us so much grace. So I would highly recommend that. Yeah. How about
2: you? Um, I would say it, it's a it's a balance, you know, between you know when to come back into society, but it's okay to just allow. Yourself time, and and there's no amount of time that's going to just go poof and and you're not grieving anymore.
0: Right.
2: Mm-hmm. It, it does change, but it, um, mm-hmm. you know, you have to allow yourself that that space and that that room and go easy and, yeah, on and yourself. Under, understand you can't mm-hmm. don't make any big decisions. Of course, is yes. a thing that we learned reading some books. Yes. But. Because we 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 said let let's just buy an RV and take off.
0: We wanted to run away we so many times, <laughs> right? And it makes so much sense at the time.
1: Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: that's a big decision but you may nah, not want to nah. make right then.
1: No, right? No. Yeah. So yeah, no big decisions. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but
2: lean into the Lord, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Even though, and just trust that He is there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the biggest advice I would have is he He is there um, and uh and he gets it. you know he lost his
0: son mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. you know you've mentioned the brain fog a couple of times uh that is a very common experience among bereaved parents, so it sounds like that was a a real issue for you. Talk about that a little bit. <laughs>
2: Well, I'm still in it. Yeah, and hey, <laughs> or, at two years, you are as,
0: still in it. I agree. That's an excuse. Or I, I use think it as he an uses. Excuse. It. No, I think. I, I think butter, you very well honey. could still be in it. No, it's a it's a
2: real thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just can't can't think straight. Yeah, you know, it's just a. Uh,
1: I think it must be the brain's way of protecting you. You couldn't handle all of it at once, you mm-hmm. know, and. Uh, your brain's trying to figure it out and understand it, and it just doesn't. It just doesn't. So, I know that um, I'll say to Lee every so often, "Oh, were were they at the funeral?" Were, was, "Yes, Heather. Yep, yeah, they came to the funeral." Um, I don't remember the you know the funeral was six weeks after he passed away, and it was the largest funeral that this funeral home had ever had. Wow! So there were a lot of people there, right? but I, I, it was just like a movie. It just felt like it was a movie that just, Mm -hmm. and, uh, so, um, yeah, that's forgetting things. Um, I went back to work, I think, you know, maybe a month later, maybe a little less than that. And, uh, they were so wonderful to me. They just said, if you need to go in the back room, do some busy work. If you need to cry, you know, whatever, we're here for you. We, and, uh, so they were just wonderful to me, um, understanding, and both of our jobs were just, mm-hmm. it helped so much to have that understanding, yeah. people during our day, you know, when we felt so vulnerable and, um, like, we wanted to run away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: And the grief, uh, the police officer, I think, who was trained in grief counseling that came to our door with the bad news, she, she, she told us that, that uh, you know, don't worry about it. Don't make any decisions. You know, it's okay. Uh, cause you're going to be, uh, you're not going to be able to think. Okay.
1: Well, she had to write down all the steps like, okay, this yeah. is what you need to do yeah. now. And you know, this is who he, and she wrote it all down and, um, you know, down to how, how we're supposed to get his remains from New Jersey. And the strange thing was, is, um, you know, He died on a Tuesday, and Tuesdays were always my day with Trevor. I always said Tuesdays with Trevor. That's always been my day off for like 10 years. And th- this Tuesday was the Tuesday that they came to my door. And on Friday, we were just um, to fly to New Jersey to go see him and to go wish him, congratulate him, and spend the weekend with him. And um, we didn't realize that we were going to be going up there to retrieve his... Mm. His body, and um, so this police officer walked us through how to do all that. Um, it was amazing. Um,
2: but she wrote it down because she she made wrote
1: it, it down. I mean, mm-hmm. I uh, <laughs> yeah, she
0: yeah. knew you wouldn't be able to remember it all. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Wow. So, how has Trevor's passing impacted you as a pastor? What influence has it had on the way you you serve your church?
2: When we were looking through his papers one night, it was a Saturday night, and we found paperwork where he had shared with a counselor in jail about some of the trauma that he had received. And some of the trauma he received was when we were missionaries in Russia. And I have to preach in the morning. Mm. No. And I'm struggling, yeah. you know, because, I mean, it's just, I'm just being honest, you know. Um, I, I never came to that place where I'm going to lose my faith, but at the same time, I'm like, Lord, we sold everything to follow you, to serve you. And w- why? Why did you allow this? And uh, it was that night... That he kept whispering in my ear, "Read Psalm 12," because we didn't know where the song came from, at this time. And I'm like, "I'm not reading Psalm 12," and as a matter of fact, I'm not preaching tomorrow. I'm done.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, I'm just having a and and when you have it out with the Lord, it's it's awesome because He wins. You know, <laughs> read Psalm 12. I'm not reading Psalm 12. Uh-huh. I, I don't. I know you're omnipotent and omniscient. You you see everything. You know everything. You see that I'm upset here. Read Psalm 12. And I read Psalm 12. And the peace of God just came over me. And I'm like, all right, let's move forward. And so I would say probably the the greatest benefit is that when I see someone who is struggling, I would have said that I love them. But I don't know how patient I would have been with Mm them. But I get it. Mm -hmm. And so he has taught me to be far more compassionate. And and one of the hardest things that I struggle with is when I hear people talking about people that are in addiction in negative ways. Oh, he's just a crack addict or or whatever. And so I've just been, you know... It's been a year and a half or so of like just kind of going through it, and I'm just not only coming out of the brain fog, but just coming out of like a spiritual fog or something, Mm -hmm. where like, um, he's just bringing me into a new place. I I trust him so much more because I have to. I have to. I have to trust him with this, and trust him that there are answers to the whys, but. If he doesn't give them to me now it's it's okay. Mm-hmm. And so he's just I know he's made me a better pastor mm. through this. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I think about my son a lot when I'm pastoring.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know. You know, the person I the kid that's struggling or is on the street, that's that's somebody's child.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: That's somebody's dad, that's somebody's mom. Mm-hmm. Yes. And not to mention that's a child of God.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right.
2: That's that's one of God's creations. And so, I would say compassion has gone way up.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thank you for that. I think that's something that we all need to be reminded of. Uh, you know, I, I, I really did not know much at all about addiction, and I still don't. But Becoming friends with Larry and Janice Brown, and uh, who are our partners in this ministry, and knowing the years that Adam was so so deeply addicted to drugs and just hearing the struggles that they went through with him, that really opened my eyes to what you're just talking about that that mm-hmm. every one of those people out on the street is somebody, somebody's, somebody's child. child, yeah. And uh, I really had not ever thought about it that way before. And like you said, even more than just someone's child, he's a child of God, or she's a child of God, and then and they have value. Yes. And, um, yeah,
2: and, and God can turn it around. Absolutely.:
0: yeah. Absolutely. So thank you for, for reminding us of that. Uh, one of the things that we talk about a lot at our retreats is how men and women grieve differently. Um, so, how have the two of you grieved differently, or or maybe you've grieved alike? Talk about that a little bit.
2: Well, I'm the crier.
0: <laughs> That's the way it is in our and family I, too.
2: <laughs> and I know it's not a contest, but yeah, you know, <laughs> no. Um, you
1: you've always been the bigger crier. Yeah, we, <laughs> same you know,
0: thing
2: with us. We've we've uh, I would say that we grieve. It hasn't been a huge difference. It's not like one of us is. I totally clammed up, um, and uh, and sometimes the grieving is private. Uh, you know, honestly, the first year and a half, I would wake up, and I wake up pretty early in the morning, and uh, you know, for the first year, year and a half, I just would be a puddle. I just, mm-hmm. I'd start to try to read the word, and I just would weep. You know, those, you know, that deep grieving, and yeah, and you know. But I think our grieving was relatively s- similar. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like like any m- time in marriage, there's times where she's not doing great and I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. And so I help her. And then there's times where I'm not doing so great and she's doing great. And so mm-hmm. uh, I'm thankful to have such a, a wonderful wife. Uh, I really do. We've, you know, our, our marriage has been tested. You know, we... Our first years we were not uh, saved, and I was, uh, I struggled with alcohol and stuff like that, and almost destroyed our marriage. And then Jesus came in and changed my life and restored our marriage. And, uh, you know, so that testing mm-hmm. uh, made us mm-hmm. aware that, you know, whatever comes. Mm-hmm. We, we can stay together. Yeah. We can be together in
1: this. And, 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 and with a lot of things in marriage, you know, I, I, I've told other people, you know, you're not each other's enemy. Right. You're not enemies. You know, you're in this together. You're not against each other. And so, you know, I just always remember that, that, you know, we're together. And um, if he needs space to grieve, I give it to him. And I know that it doesn't mean he doesn't love me. You know, or, you know, some people could, think it's like that but um i just have to give him space and he gives me the space i need and and we know that we love each other and we don't blame one another either i think that could i've seen that happen where uh this people you know blaming each other for you know well if you had only done this and maybe he'd still be alive there was there's none of that there's Mm -hmm. none of that because we know that we both loved him so deeply and we did the best we could do so, yeah, it's you know when you get married, you don't realize you know well how do you grieve? You know you don't. It's <laughs> not a not a don't discussion ask those that you have. No. And, well, I'm a crier, and oh well, I, you know I'm a bottler and
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just you
1: see it in the flesh, and you um you learn about each other that way, right?
0: Well, and you guys had to work as a team throughout all of the years that that Trevor was battling his addictions, so... Yes, yes, yes.
1: It wasn't one-sided. It wasn't, you know, just me doing all the work or, Mm -hmm. you know, we were always together on it. There was, you know, times where we struggled with, you know, the right answer for Mm -hmm. the situation, but I think Lee always trusted that, you know, we... We did the best we could, so yeah, there's no blame, and I'm so blessed. my husband is never one to blame or uh, find fault or any of that kind of stuff. He's just very gracious, so I'm, I'm blessed.
0: <laughs> Sounds like y'all are both pretty blessed to have each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah Amen. I, I am curious, um, because I don't know that much of your story. Um, how did you come to know the Lord?
1: Short version or long version? (laughs) Somewhat short
0: short version, version, but I I would just really like to hear that story.
2: I was the manager of a pizza shop in New York, and God sent in a guy named Jim McCullough. And so maybe Jim McCullough will listen to this because I haven't talked to him in 20 some years. You know, I'd love to find him. And and maybe it was an angel, I don't know. But uh, he would come in, and uh, we got talking about books because i was an english major in college and and uh at my dad's house there was a book and i would try to read it but most of the time i would be hung over when i'm trying to read this book uh because i would go out at night after i worked and you know what's you know and that's kind of what's one of the things causing a problem in our marriage
0: sure
2: and he meant he goes he started talking to me about c.s lewis and i go yeah i I know c.s lewis he we I was in elementary school, and we, we read those books.
0: Uh-huh. And he, you mean and the I Narnia go, yeah, books, the, I assume. The
2: Narnia books, yeah. right. right. And, uh, and then I said, yeah, and there's this book at my dad's house, and I don't get it. And, it's by C.S. Lewis. And it's by C.S. Lewis, yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, so he goes, his eyes lit up. He's like, keep trying. Keep, keep trying to read it. And the book I was reading was Mere Christianity. Yeah. And so... Uh, between sh- their, sh- the, you know, Jim and Jill just had this wonderful love for one another. It was, you know, you could see Jesus in them and Jesus in their love. It was, you and know. we has to
1: do a Bible study in it, the
2: house. Yeah, we did a Bible study with them. And, and uh yeah. Which we
1: didn't own Bibles. We didn't go to church. We were not yeah. the people yeah. you would say, hey, you want to do a Bible study? Right. Just... Yeah. And when he came home and said, you know, this guy can't, keeps coming into this the shop and and he wants he wants to know if we want to do a Bible study with him and his wife and I was like with you <laughs> and I thought well at least that's one night that you won't be out so okay <laughs> but we did we saw such love between the two of them and they just uh, I don't even know really how they discipled us but they did because we were just crazy
2: yeah. and um It's always gentle like it was really yeah, yeah they just presented sweet. Jesus. Uh, they weren't heavy handed and we would meet together at IHOP and we did a a little, uh, you know, Bible study study kind of thing. And, you know, between that and then, you know, but what happened? I was still drinking, you know? Yeah. And often I would even show up to these meetings. and he, he had to have known, you know, but sometimes I would show up to the meetings. I'd make it, but I would just be, you know, pretty rough from the night before. Yeah. And, uh. You know, so I kept doing that and doing that, and Heather's like, "Listen, we have two children. We you can't do this anymore." And I'd be like, oh, "I'm sorry, honey," and and everything would be fine. I'd be able to appease her, and then uh, I'd had, had it. She had it, and I, I I came home at four o'clock one one morning, and she's like, "That's it," and I and I knew that she was serious. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm leaving, I'm going back to Chicago, and I'm taking the kids, and I'm like, and I just went out on our porch, and I I just said, Lord, if you're, if you're real, I'm just going to give you my life, I can see that I'm driving my life off a cliff. He, he showed me this picture of me driving, and he just said, take your hands off the wheel and let me drive, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it's probably, I mean... <laughs> He just saw the attitude of my heart, you know, because, like, the, you know, the prayer is, you know, the sinner's prayer.
0: Right.
2: I, I, I wasn't saying the exact right words or whatever.
0: We <laughs> don't know yeah. if we knew and those you know, words. It, that's okay.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You yeah, probably didn't even know. know what they were. Yeah. I, I didn't, and I just, but it was like, I really meant it. And I, I oh, didn't yeah. know very much about the Lord at the time, but I just knew enough that he said... I'll save you yeah. if you just trust in me. Yeah. And so I did. And then, you know, there was this weirdo walking around in our house, bringing his wife coffee, not going out at night, going to AA meetings and and all this and treating her well. And three months later, she's like, she just comes downstairs and says, I'm I'm with the Lord. She gave her heart to the Lord.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow,
1: yep.
2: that was pretty special.
0: Yeah, yeah. What a wonderful transformation it yeah. was he made yep. in your lives. Yeah.
1: And it was neat too because uh, this couple um, they went. This was in Syracuse, New York, and and they uh, they they didn't say okay now come to our church or anything like that. They knew what we needed. They knew that we needed to be grounded, and mm. they so they. We didn't know what we needed. We didn't know what we, you know, we had right. no idea. And so they said, you know, you should really go to this church. Um, it was a little, it was in the next town, but it was a Bible Bible church. And we went, and that's where we started to learn mm-hmm. about Jesus and, the, you know, just really the truths and the everything, everything. And uh, mm-hmm. soon after that, the Lord, you know, we just said, you know what, I think we're going to make a new new start. And we moved to Florida, so that was in 1996, and so we so Florida became kind of our um, start over, mm-hmm. and it's been a wonderful, wonderful experience.
0: Yeah. Great story. <laughs> I love hearing that. And I just love hearing that how you just came in simple faith, yeah. Didn't know all the right words to say. Didn't didn't have any background at all, and yet you mm-hmm. came to the Lord and said. Yeah. Here I am. <laughs> yeah, and he did and it. He did yeah. it. <laughs> he did yeah. the work. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Great story. Thank I mean, you for sharing yeah. that. Thanks for Well, we've been talking almost an hour now. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> yeah, it goes by fast. Um, so you you've gone, you know, you just told me kind of your salvation story. You were a person who had no knowledge of God at all. Now you've been walking with the Lord for many years, and then Trevor goes to heaven. So what did you learn about God? Something, what new did you learn about God through that experience?
2: Um, I would say I have learned that He is faithful. Uh, and my eyes, my physical eyes can, can't see everything that He's doing. And it's, uh taught me to trust him more that you know um, I've learned to leave the the wise to him like mm-hmm. you know some people say well when I get to heaven <laughs> I got a few questions for God
0: right
2: when you get to heaven and you're in the presence of God I have this feeling and I, I don't know if I'm right or not but I don't know if you're going to peel yourself off the ground for about two thousand of our years, right? Because mm-hmm. you're in His holiness, you know. Like, um, so he he knows everything, and he's he's shown us that he's doing good things out of this. Mm-hmm. You know, the Romans eight twenty eight thing that uh, that he turns. He doesn't make it good. It's it's mm-hmm. not good that our there, it's not good that there's sin in the world. Right. It's not good that our son. Uh, went through all that. It's not good that he died, but he's turning it out for the good. That we can comfort others with the comfort that we've received, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, he's just—he's, yeah, he's good. I
0: okay. guess that's
2: what he's talking. He is good. You know, we say that God is good all the time,
0: right?
2: But when you've gone through something like this. You can say that with a little bit more conviction, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: He is good.
0: Yeah. Do you have anything to add, Heather?
1: No, I think you said it all. <laughs> Pastors. He, he Pastor said it all. Said it all. <laughs> and there you go.
2: <laughs> and,
1: uh, and like Trevor taught me, that his promises stay the same. Yes. No matter what we feel like or what we think is happening, God he's a rock solid and, and that's mm-hmm. what we need when we go through grief um yes. can i just share this one thing um about grief um of a, course. A, a friend of mine uh had just lost his wife about two months before trevor died and he showed up uh at the funeral and he gave me this little piece of paper and he and he says i can't stay but i just want to give this to you and i have this on my bulletin board and um I just wanted to read it because this is this is really this really helped me through sure. it. Um, it said, "Grief never ends, but it changes. It's a passage, not a place to stay. Grief is not a sign of weakness or lack of faith. It's the price of love." And so, when you're going it through that grief, you think you think this will never change. I will always feel like this. And and so to read that to realize that it, it's a passage. It, we don't stay there. And um, right. that really helps. So I just wanted yeah. to share that.
0: Yes. Thank you for that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have one more question. And that is, you know, you mentioned when you're talking about, you know, early grief, one of the important things to do is to find some support, find a group. And you guys lead a while we're waiting support group there in your hometown of Bellevue, Florida. If uh, someone came to visit your group, what what would they experience there?
2: I think they would uh, experience love and the love of the Lord, which is uh, way better than the love of man. Yeah. Uh, Understanding. um, People who listen and listen without judgment. Uh, You would expect to see prayer praying for one another, encouragement, and he- here's something, laughter. Yeah. We laugh at our meetings.
0: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's
2: sometimes snacks.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> snacks are good, too. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: yeah. So. We're, we're pretty new with our group. We've just been meeting for maybe half a year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So um, it's been really great. We, we're learning a lot from each other.
2: We're learning that uh, there was people in our congregation that have lost children and we didn't know it. We
1: didn't know it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's been nice to be able to say Trevor's name and they yes. they think the same. It's just so great to hear their names.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. We love to talk about our kids, don't mm-hmm. we? Yeah. yeah, we do. I mean, we like to talk about our, our living children and, and the things <laughs> they're accomplishing and, and the things that we're proud of, but we still like to talk about our kids that have gone to heaven too.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Oh. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me tonight. Is there anything else you want to add before we go?
1: I just want to thank you and Brad and uh, Larry and Janice yes. for being faithful and starting this ministry. It's just changed us so much. It's so wonderful. Yeah. So, well,
0: Thank you. Yeah. We always say we're the ones who get the biggest blessing from it. <laughs> and uh, I know that's true because mm. we have been so incredibly blessed by it get to meet people like you guys oh, and uh, so many others great. and and so many others we haven't gotten to meet yet right. and we can't wait to meet them and hear about their kids so yeah. um but we appreciate y'all um taking some time out to to visit with me today and um just look forward to the next time we get to get to see you guys hopefully in person somewhere one of That's these right. days
1: come on yeah. down to sunny florida yeah. <laughs> hey it
0: sounds good sounds good yeah. Well, thank y'all. Thank,
1: thank you.
0: you. Jill. God bless. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. We hope it brought you some comfort and encouragement today and maybe made you feel a little less alone on the journey. Please subscribe so you'll never miss an episode and, and maybe leave us a rating in iTunes to help others find the podcast. Again, we're glad you spent a few minutes with us today. It's a blessing to walk beside you as we seek to live well while we're waiting.